Greetings, you are now in tune with the Talking Reggae podcast. As always, I am Jay of Street Level Uprising. My special guest today on the Talking Reggae podcast is the Lion of Judah band. And I've got a lot of members of the Lion of Judah band here. So uh, let's just go ahead, just let's go around in a circle. Let's introduce ourselves so everybody can hear who you are and what you do in Lion of Judah band. I'm Susan and I'm the bass player. I'm Superman. <laughs> And I'm the producer. I'm Papa Hima. I'm the dance on my guy, but they say it's my band, but they, they keep telling me lies. But it's, it's a unit, you know, it's all of us. I play keyboards and sing. She has a really bad connection. That's, that's Siobhan Barnett. She's our, uh, one of our songwriters as well as our lead singer as well. And she also plays the conga drums. And I'm Tazaya. I'm the manager and also one of the vocalists. And I play the keta drum and the, um, well, she plays the bonga drums. I play the conga drums. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We have a few other people that are not here. Um, Nat- Natnel Asfa, we call him Natty. He's our drummer. And there's also John from Dub Sick. He is John, John Eager. He plays our uh, guitar. And there's Eric. Zyger, we call him Easy. He's also another guitarist in the band. And our other, our other keyboardist, uh, Felipe, Philip Wenzel, he's not here right now, but he's our eighth member. And it's all of the members of the band there. It is to get everybody together uh, in one place for, you know, when you have that many people in the band, it's the same as me. Um, and I, I don't even live in the same state as the rest of my band anymore. And it's tough just to get us all on a Zoom meeting, let alone in the same room, so I know how tough it is. Um, and, and I really want to get everybody involved in the discussion, and I want to know everything that I can learn about all of you in the time that we have. And we'll keep going around in a circle like that, but let's go, let, let's start off, and, and let's, let's go back to Susan. We'll, we'll kind of keep, keep that same order. Um, Susan, do you remember the moment that you heard reggae music and what made you want to want to get deeper into that? Yeah, I was at an outdoor music festival, you know, where everybody was spending the night. And I mean, it was way back, way back when I was, um, I had a young son at the time, a baby. And I heard Bob Marley jamming. And, you know, that was like, whoa, what is this? You know, and that's it. I loved the reggae ever since. What about you, Superman? My uh, introduction was uh, Peter Tosh, Mama Africa. Down in uh, Phoenix, my friend uh, Rick turned me on to that, and I went, whoa, I'm like, this is something else here. That's where I got started. That's where I got hooked. um, I'll go next. I mean, with reggae, I've been listening to reggae before it even was about Molly. You know, Um, actually, one of my eldest brother. He passed away now, bless his soul. His name is Bagalaga. Like one of the first wrestlers in the Virgin Islands and in Antigua. And um, he introduced me to Celestia, like when I was in fifth or sixth grade. He stole a picture from the library. I could never forget that, you know. And like back then, they never used to call people, like we never know why we rest him, and he used to call him yoga man. The man used to go beach every day, exercise, and brush back. 
didn't even know I was lax until maybe um, the harder to come. You know that movie, like oh, everybody's you know checking Rasta, but I used to listen to like Big U, the, the DJ style. That's why you know I, before even the singers, even like Byron Lee back in the days, you know. And um, I was born in Antigua, so I listened to a lot of calypso though. But um, I raised in the Virgin Islands, like the Virgin Islands is home. And used to dance quadrille. I could never forget. I love quadrille, you know. Um, but um, I, I just like the DJ style, Big U. I, I even heard a song with Big U, the um, Marcus Garvey, the Big U version before I even know it was Burning Spill originally sing that song, you know. Yeah, man, you still just love listening to reggae. Still, Calypso was more popular in the islands than um, reggae. I used to listen to some old school reggae, like even before two centimeters, like um, Eric Donaldson, you know, them kind of singers back in the days, Eric Donaldson and um, Jacob Miller. But uh, I still love the DJ style and the chanters. That's my first, you know, my first preference. How is my mom hear me better now? Okay. Well, my grandfather used to listen to Bob Marley. So that's probably why I love Bob so much. But I didn't really get involved in reggae until I came to Seattle and met Ross Bongo and Straight Ahead Abdullah in the Straight Ahead band. And then I start really understanding the depth richness of reggae. Uh, let's see. My first interest in reggae came from being home in the Virgin Islands. During the summer times, we used to spend the entire summer on the beach. And during those times, Bob Marley played all the time, every day, every night. So that's what first stuck in my mind and got me into reggae. After coming into mainland United States, um, it was midnight because I worked with Jabriz in, in bringing them here to perform along with some other groups on the Virgin Islands, man like Abja, Army, um, Nyora, okay, all these Virgin Islands bands we brought here. But midnight is the one I think that really, really, really hooked it for me. Although I started being in reggae from a long time as a youth listening to Bob Marley. But Midnight is, is, is really where it started for me. Yeah, That's great. Midnight's a great band. In fact, I was just with, uh, I just met Joseph Straws a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, I was back in Kansas City and um, linked up with him. And, and in fact, we did an episode of the podcast that we're going to uh, we're gonna put up later. So you'll, you'll get to hear that um, probably in a week, a week or two, maybe. I still got to edit that and all that. But uh, it was great. Midnight's a great band that not enough people know about. So it's really cool for me to be talking to you and you're like, oh, Midnight, you know, so uh, that's that's great. Um, let's talk about when you when all you started playing music and we'll go back around uh, again to Susan. Uh, Susan, is, is, was bass your first instrument or did you play something else first? Oh, you're. Yeah. In high school, I played. Um saxophone and oboe and um and then i learned a little bit of guitar and but you know i didn't i started playing bass 
you know, in 95, I think. And um, I, because I had just loved it so much when I listened to it, I, I just, just the idea that it's just, it's controlling everything in the room. And I just love that laid back, especially with reggae, that laid back beat, you know, just, I just, it just kills me, you know? <laughs> so, but, you know, I played with a lot of different bands, a lot of different um, genres, but I played with a lot of Africans and they were really good at reggae. And um, finally, with Siobhan and I together, we're in an African band, and then we moved over to Atlanta J band. Well, it was Sanctuary City, also. Yeah, yeah, we stole them from Sanctuary City. I <laughs> know <laughs> about that. Actually, you know, my first musical experience was like playing the six bass steel pan. I used to play bass in like elementary school, the steel drums, and. In high school, I played a baritone horn because I couldn't afford a trombone, above, above trombone. But in college, I, mean, I stopped playing music. I took a piano and flute in college. And I was with some, some good, some of the best musicians from the Virgin Islands in Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina, like Devon Peters, we call him Manti, Gene Weeks, rest in peace. He plays trumpet. We had a band in Salisbury, North Carolina in college, my first college band. As a matter of fact, was a female playing bass too, Susan. And uh, we were called Crucial Rhythm. And then we started at Truths and Rights in Greensboro, North Carolina. And when I came to Seattle, like in 92, I think, well, uh, I've been here before, but I used to play with that same band straight ahead. That's the first reggae band I played with in Seattle, straight ahead. And um, there were a lot of different bands that were like Cool Irons. They used to be good. <laughs> this and that, but yeah, they used to be good. They used to be better. Not because I ain't playing with them no more, but it's the true Turks. You know, and um, the Lion of Judah band. With the, I've been with a lot of bands. The Lion of Judah band, we're like a family. Usually, it's easy for all of us to get together. We meet every Saturday and we, we can't wait to meet up. You know, like you say, it's hard for your band to get together. We don't have that problem, really. We always meet when we say we're going to meet. You know, it's, that's one thing. I mean, we are dedicated to being a better musician and we're like a family, you know. I mean, with a lot of band. I mean, this band is like... Like my brothers and sisters, though, man, it's like we're real close. It's it's, it's important to have that. I, I you know I don't I don't understand how um when there's bands that you know people in there don't get along. Like I don't understand how you can even why like why why would you even do why would you put yourself through that? You know. So maybe Siobhan says jealousy. Yeah, Siobhan, I got a, I, I got a question for you since you're a singer. So usually when I ask singers, you know. How long have you been singing? The answer is always my whole life. Is that the same with you? That you just always been singing? Yes, pretty much. Even when my grandmother, my mom would say, Stop the baby from crying. And my grandma would say, She's singing. Well, I've been singing all my life. But I, um, in school and after school, 
high school and all of that too. When did you start singing professionally? Well, that's when I came to Seattle in about 2000, when I met one of the Rastas from Jamaica here, and he had a band called Rock Bongo and the Wise Ones. He was also playing with of Abdullah, who had this straight ahead band. And um, he played the drums for Ross Bongo. So I got with them during that time. Taziah, what about you? When, when did you start playing an instrument? You know, um, when did you start getting involved in, in being in bands? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So a little bit of everything. Uh, started out playing trumpet as a youth and then singing, actually in choirs, reading sheet music and so forth. And then I went away from it when I went off to college and started doing computers. And then when I got back into, into hanging out with a bunch of the Rastafarians and, and also working with Jabriz and Midnight, that interest came back. Ran into Hima one day doing some karaoke. And he said, well, you need to start singing with us. So well, at first it started with managing, right? And then after managing, you know, started that out for a little bit. Then him and Canon, you know, started listening to me doing this karaoke thing. And, and he can sing some Bob Marley songs. And then it started out with me doing a little bit of singing with them, too. And then I took the Kete drum with me as well, because I did some Naya Bingi with all the rest of them down in, in, in Seattle. So I introduced that in, into part of my, um, my talent for the band as well. So I had brought those three things, my voice, um, playing the harp, and the Kete drum, and then my management skills as well. Yeah, he's the manager of the year, if you don't know. Two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. It's important. It's important, you know, whether you have an outside management or somebody in the band that's committed to doing that, because, um, you know, I've been in bands before where there was no one who wanted to do it's the dirty work. And that's that's be real. You know, it's 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 a lot of fun to play shows and record and write tunes. But like there's dirty work involved, too. So you got to have somebody doing that. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of respect for taking that on when you, you know, as a musician, it's easy for us to say. Well, I'm an artist. I don't do that. You know, and a lot of musicians use that as a cop out. So uh, full respect to you for, for jumping on that. Um, Susan, are, are you, uh, it seems like just about everybody here came from somewhere other than Washington. Are you a Washington native? Did you come from somewhere else too? Well, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Okay. So right close to Washington State. Yeah, right on. And, uh, and for the rest of you, how did you, how did you end up where you're at now? How did you come, especially you know, coming from islands and things like that? How do you end up in the Seattle area? I go. I mean, I came in to visit in 89. It was Hugo. I used to be a school teacher back in the islands. And I came to visit. And I just met, you know, met the right set of people. And I met my mother-in-law. And she just... Actually, Abdullah, the same Abdullah from Twitter that took me to my mother's house and she introduced me to her daughter. Right? Wait, you met your mother-in-law before you met her daughter? I met Sonny, yeah, she introduced me to Sonny. <laughs> she actually, no, serious, she actually told Sonny, hey, you need to come home and find the father of my grandkids. Serious. I mean, I could tell you more to the story, yeah, but it's true. And it's so funny, Abdullah took me to to Sonny's house before I even met Sonny, you know. But um, that's how mystic it is. And I mean, I bless mom, though. Mom, you know, mom had the vision. You know, she always tell me I need to be a front man. I 
want to be no front man. I just started singing the other day. There, you know, I used to <laughs> dance. Now, with you know, I used to like to do the dance outside, and now I do a little singing, but I still love to chat. But I mean, I met I met Abdullah. Abdullah from Streethead introduced me. To, I mean, actually was rehearsing at Mom's house in the university district. This is almost over thirty years ago, and I'm still here. But um, we meet because of Cannon still, because Cannon had Central City reggae to play. It's like we will, you know, team up and do shows together. And before we do a show, Cannon pass. And I used to keep bugging Susan, hey, when you guys go come and play with us, come and sing inside with us. And then, you know, actually, like you said, some guys that don't get along, I told them, let's, let's hire Susan, and we need a bass player. But she's a girl. That was them kind of joking business, you know. But I'm glad I followed my mind. Even though the first rehearsal we had with Susan with a drummer, he said, I don't think she's going to work. I was like, I haven't even talked to that guy since. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, that's how so, it's for real. You know? right. Yeah, man, it's like, we're blessed with the group we have done, man. We've been together, all of us. Been together from ever since, though, man, except um, Felipe. Felipe kind of, the, the COVID kind of keep him awake because, you know, but all of us stick together. We've been together ever since, except for like we had a couple of different drummers and we get um, Central City reggae drummer. And he's one of the best drummers I think we got, Nazi. But that's my little life. All right. So I came here. In 1979, from Saint in the Virgin Islands. Um, yeah, it's been a while. So I came here when I was 11 years old because my grandfather was already here, and my mother and father had gotten divorced. So she decided to bring us all up to Seattle, where her father was. And from there, I ran into Hema, who also knew my father from back home. So strange, you know, small circles, right? I ran I into him on the road here by my house one day. And ever since then, we've been hanging out as part of this band. And he's known my father since I was a youth. So, you know, it's, it's so interesting. The family, the family, yeah. Matter of fact, I have to kind of man, his mom and his grandmother used to dance for drill when I was a, a teenager. And even when I was like maybe 12 or something, 11 and 12, like when I was in elementary school. That was so I did, you know, I heard I heard this dude playing music and I forget I drove to the store. <laughs> and, I, and then I heard the music. I like, oh, I like your music. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I drove. I was gonna walk on because I just around the block. And then he said, yeah, oh, he's from the Virgin Islands. His name is Herman Andrew. I said, your father is the policeman. <laughs> See. <laughs> but that's what we do. I know his father has the policeman, Mr. Mr. Hendricks, like you say, it's a small world, bro. bro. And we stay friends still. We've been through a lot. We disagree, but we're still brothers. We're tight. We're tight. Yeah, man. That's, that's beautiful. You talk about, like, um, you met your mother-in-law before you met your wife. <laughs> I mean, it was the uh, our Basie is, um, I've been playing with him in different bands for uh, close to 25 years now. Um, oh. I met him and then I met his sister and then I married his sister. 
And, and so it's, it's, it's saying like, I've, I've been, he's been a bass player longer than I've been with his wife, with his sister. Oh, you know, so, yeah. so let me ask you, where you at though? Uh, I'm in, I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida. Oh, Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rest of the the rest of the bands out in the Kansas City area. I just moved back to Florida a few months ago. So we were from Florida, moved to Kansas City for a while, and that's where the the rest of the band is based. And then then I moved back here. Yeah. But uh, uh, Siobhan, uh, what about you? How'd you end up out there? Well, um, my my grandfather that I told you about that loved Bob Marley, he was in the military, and I was born in Georgia. And so he came to a military in Fort Lewis. And so that's how I got here. And I was living in Tacoma. And I met the community. I moved to the Seattle area and started getting involved in the music scene and all of that. That's great. So now I want to talk about the formation of the band. and. You mentioned Canon earlier, and I want to go. Who can who can give me the best history of Lion of Judah band dating back to when it was Canon and Lion of Judah band? So it's, again, it's, it, it, I'll come back to Mom's house. Abdullah had no Canon. I had no Canon from in high school. He lives in Saint Thomas. I live in Saint Croix, and we used to compete. Well, I never compete against him, but at school, because he's a um, a sprinter, I'm a Long distance. I used to run the 800 and 1600. And I, you know, I'm playing with Abdullah. He said, Oh, you from the Virgin Islands. I got a friend from the Virgin Islands. His name is Cannon. I got a friend named Cannon. And, you know, but back then, Cannon didn't play bass. And they had this band from um, Oregon called Michael D and Wonderfulness. And they came. To, um, to Seattle to play and the keyboard and the drummer kind of quit. So they, they, they needed, actually it was just the drummer first. So they needed Abdullah to play drums. So Abdullah and Kenan hook up and then Abdullah brought him to mom's house. And it's like, he mocked We had known each other from, you know, from in the seventies in high school. And so I play with him with um, Michael D and Wonderfulness, but Cannon used to always be him, you know, have his own band. I'm like, Cannon play bass for a lot of different bands, like the um, the mighty, not the Diamonds, but the Meditations. Um, a lot of different bands, big like what it is. Um, actually, he had this band called uh, Reggae All Stars. Like they bring musician and they have a band here that would back him, you know, back them up. So, but Cannon been playing in Santa Cruz, all over California. I mean, I've traveled at least to 25 different shows, the Northwest, Southwest, Colorado, New Mexico, all over with Cannon. You know, and Cannon, I mean, teach everybody, a lot of people in Seattle, at least if you check 20, 20 musicians, at least 12 of them have played with Cannon somewhere along the line. You know, we've been teaching music for a while. You know, you always encourage my queen to sing. Sonny used to sing with us too. Um, we got four kids now. And Sonny used to sing with us. Even my daughter, Kaya, used to come and sing with us. But Kenan being around, you know, he's, he's strict. He's, I mean, he's like, he got a temper or whatever. I don't know, but, um, you know, he's, he's loved, like he's dedicated to the music, you know? And, 
He's been playing it here, and um, I think he learned to play music in um, Boston. And then he used to play with um, like Levi, Jaliva and stuff in Oregon. But um, he used to live in Seattle even before I, I got here. And then after, you know, he came back and then we hooked up. I get some musicians for him that, because he was trying to put a band together. As a matter of fact, um, our guitar player, um, Eric. I was staying with a friend, I was looking for a guitar, and um, Eric had no neutral friend, and I was needing a guitar, and it was so happened he was available. But um, you can't have been around for, bless his soul, man, he's a very lovable person. You gotta love him, and he loved music. And he's one musician that could play the bass and sing. He loves to play that bass and sing. And everybody says it's so hard to do, but he make it look so easy, you know? And we still do a um, couple of his songs. You know, we dedicate our, every show we do, we always dedicate it to Cannon, you know? We big up Cannon every time because he's a master. And uh, um, we love him today. I cry every time I sing a couple of the songs. Uh, Kind of make me just want to cry because I miss him so much. But we got love for Cannon, no man. And it's because of Cannon we we together still. So after he passed away, you feel like um, we got to keep this going. That's what it was basically. I was going to quit. As a matter of fact, I quit this band a couple of times. Mm. We even thought of changing the name of the band, remember? Yeah, they, they wanted me to. They didn't want to play with me at some point. It was some kind of. Misunderstanding, you know, I like, if you guys don't want to play, it's cool. But, you know, I just, I figured we got to do it for, for Canon. That's a transition period from right after he had passed. And it took us a while to figure out what we were going to do. Because he was the leader, you know, so all of a sudden we were leaderless. Just kind of lost, right? And we went through so many different people in a short time, you know, trying to find and decide if we're actually going to be able to keep it going. Yeah. Then we ran into Sanctuary City. Yeah, Siobhan and I had started playing with a, we actually organized a group called Sanctuary City Reggae Band. And uh, Natty, the, our drummer, was also in that group. And so it's kind of like the two groups, um, you know, merged together. Well, I thank you guys for keeping the name Duman, the Line of Judah Band. And uh, actually, we got, when we tried to get Susan, um, she, she didn't really want to play unless we hire Shabam, but she didn't say that. <laughs> but Shabam keeps telling us, no, Susan, you can play. You play with them, you get a chance to play like But we told her, no, we want both of you guys. So, yeah, man, it was like, you know, more money. <laughs> it was a win-win situation. Siobhan and I have been in, in band. Uh, this is our fifth project together. So with years we've spent together. There's no other singer that I want to back. No, it would not work without both of them at the same time. No, you're a package deal now. That's it. Yeah. That's just that's all that's all it is. You want what well, you want when you get both. Yeah, man. It was it, it was easy that way. Yeah. yeah, they're joined at the hill. <laughs> no, it was like with Desire too. After Cannon passed, Sonny told me that you need to get a manager and do some, um, you know, get some bass players who could work. And then we said, oh, 
good when Desire was a manager before it worked and he loves to sing. So we got another package. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was like everything worked. So, you know, it's so mystic how stuff come together. And I mean, Susan and um, Lady V was like, that's who Cannon had, like the, the band that we were going to play with at least, we had like maybe five shows already booked and we never did get to, to do, to do none. And so, so coming together was like, it was mystic still, you know, come on. All the people that you have in your band now, the current lineup, how long has that full lineup been together? About five years. No, 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 no. Four or five years. 2018, I say October, so. October, October, of October, 18, October, November, October 18 of 2018. Yeah. Four years. That's good. This group that we got now, right? Because, you know, besides Susan and Lady V and um, Nati, all the other players used to play with Cannon at one, one time. Oh, actually, was a couple of the last players with Cannon. We all used to play with Cannon, yeah. So. I mean, it's a lot of line of Judah all stars out there, bro. You know, a lot of the top musician, just like in um, Dub Lounge, they got three guys that used to play with Cannon in that band. The drummer, actually, the drummer was Cannon last drummer. Yeah, and um, guitar player. I think I play with Cannon the um Stingshot, but um Jack, Jack I play with Cannon when we're actually when we're backing up um Winston Jarrett. That's yeah, that's what we're doing. A lot of backing up with good artists like Winston Jarrett. Yeah, a lot of other artists, but they wanted us to do that, but we stick to like no, we, we're gonna just be a band. We got Lady V, we don't need nobody else. Come on, you know that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it took you. us a while, but the best thing is we've got a stable roster, and that's the best thing that we needed was a stable roster. All dedicated, all committed to the band's success. And just take the, the um turnover out of the picture you know, and just solidify the the band members and make it a solid solid band. Oh, you make us, you make sure that everyone's taken care of. I try. <laughs> He's a good manager. I do all right. <laughs> oh, you, know, you know, we got, we play like four or five times a month and stuff, bro. Yeah. I saw your, I saw your upcoming events list. Very Ooh. nice. Very nice. Keeps you out of trouble. Yes. In the last four years, Last week was the first time we canceled. That's the first time we ever canceled a show. We don't cancel shows, though. Yeah. That's another thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, You know, the band has to be professional. And everything you're talking about, whether it's the stable lineup, whether it's everybody being committed to coming to practice and doing all those things and not canceling shows, that's, that's what a professional band does. And... Unfortunately, you don't always see that. You'd like to always see that from bands. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, yeah. there's, there's times I have doing this, you know, being in the band and also doing this on the side where I'll reach out to artists. Even some of them are even friends of mine say, you, you know, come on the show. 
you know, promote whatever you got to promote, you know, oh, I got a new single coming out. I want to come on your show. All right, come on. And then it's like, you're hitting them, you're hitting them, you're hitting them and they never come on the show. And it's like, you got to take your career seriously. You have to be focused. You have to be committed to what you're doing. Um, And I know Taziah keeps everyone on track for that. And then I say, is we had a great conversation where it was like, you know, you want to be on the show? Sure. Yeah, let's do this. And worked out of time and boom, it, it was done. And so I see a lot of bands. I talk to a lot of bands, but I, I appreciate a professional attitude. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so I've, I've seen y- you guys are a party. Wherever you go, you bring a party with you. But how do you decide? I know you play covers and originals. So what's your process like for when you go to play a show? What's your thought process on originals, covers, how much of each you're putting in? How does that work? Or is it different for different shows? It is different. Um, I, I think the biggest differentiator is um, where are we playing at and, if we're, and who are we playing with, if anyone? Um, the first one, where are we playing at? If it's a large venue, um, something that's big time, we don't want to play covers. We want to play our original music. If we're working with another artist, that's a bigger name than ours. We don't want to do covers. We want to bring our original music. If we're just doing a, a, a nice little show on the road, um, holding up two or three hours worth of performance time, then we're going to play some covers. But we're always going to focus on having original music out there because that's ours. That's our name. That's our creation. Although we do some nice covers, we limit them though. It's the same thing, same way. If it's a all ages. I change some of the lyrics, you know, I mean, it just depends where we at. Then the lyrics are different, kind of, you know, I got a song called Dirty Dancing. I would, you know, it just depends where you're at. I, I sing it, but certain lyrics, I don't, I don't sing. You know, yeah, man, we, like you said, we always a party, though, man. It's about having fun. Yeah. And I'm the youngest in the band. They try to tell me I'm the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> what's your songwriting process like and i know you mentioned earlier that uh siobhan that that you're you're one of the song are you the only songwriter does everybody contribute how does how does it how does your songwriting process work as a band papa hema writes songs ross desire write songs so we all write but we've been working on a new project together where we're collaborating during the writing process. Usually we write our songs individually and then present them to the band and work them out. But now we're working on one where we're each contributing a verse at the same time and making it fit with the rhythm. I like to sing people's song and diss them with their own song. It's just like I got this song that Tazaya write um, a post. And I took that post and twisted it up and make a song out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's how I feel. That's what it is. Oh, as a matter of fact, if you need some lyrics, we got lyrical stores. We're opening up a new store in Miami someplace. I don't know where, but we got a lyrical store. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, talking about that, Double O say, hey, Hema, when you get some lyrics, you could come and sing with a band. I didn't get that part. 
so there was a there was a time just recently when um Easy, our our guitarist, just put out this like, okay, how about this subject? And these three all came back with verses. Yeah, man. Immediately. I mean, just immediately. It was it was amazing to watch. I've never written a song, so yeah, man. We got good good music and good sound. It's easy to put lyrics and good sounds. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the production end because you know I, I feel like I feel like we haven't heard from from uh, Superman Eric enough, um, and I know we've been focused on the, the singers and the, and the players of instrument. But um, tell me, talk about your role. Talk about what you do with Lion of Judah Band. Well, I call it herding cats. <laughs> making sure everybody's there and you know (laughs) on time and i i'm the mother he's superman yeah and anything we need is superman to the rescue yeah i i keep them supplied with you know they can look at me and and give me a you know you know like i need water or i need a towel and i also do all the uh videoing I, I, uh, I'm the videographer, I guess, I want to call it that. And at all the rehearsals, all of our gigs, and then I disseminate it to, to our, you know, cloud uh, folder. So we can all look at it as kind of like after a football game, you know, you go over the game tape and see you know, where, what we did right, and what we did wrong. So it's really helpful. Oh yeah. It's, it, it's huge. We, we record every, I mean, I do, I record every, uh, every, I don't, not necessarily every practice, but if there's new tunes, we're working on new things we're working on and record that. And I definitely record every show and yeah, you listen back to it or, or watch it. And I mean, it, it's, it's exactly like a sports team to be able to watch yourself on tape and see what, you realize, you know, you don't realize sometimes what you're doing up there until you see yourself and you're like, oh, you know, or, or you know, if, if so, it's, it's a great thing to be able to have that and review that and to have everybody in the band do it. Yeah, exactly. it's, not, it's not just the sound that you're trying to correct, it's your stage presence as well. So Rick plays a big part in helping us to correct the little things that are within our control right there and then, right? So we really appreciate his, his role. He's, that's why we call him Superman. Amongst other things, he's always there for anything extra. You know, he's always there. Every every band needs, you know, and we know Tazai is the, the manager on the inside, but every band needs, whether it's photography, video, we need our friends to help us. We can't do everything ourselves, especially when we're on stage. We can't do anything at that point except what we're there to be doing. So um, it to have people who help out, like, uh, like your Superman does. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you before we forget, we're number one reggae band in Reverb Nation in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Thanks, thanks again, Lady V. <laughs> that's us, man. You, you're the killer. I, I want to talk about a few of your tunes. Like, uh, let me let me give you one or two, three of your tunes, and and I want your impressions of these songs what they mean to you, uh, your, your impressions on when you were creating these tunes, anything that comes to mind. So I got three tunes that I picked out I want to talk to you about. 
the number one tune I want to talk to you about. Let's go with time. Um, and Papa Hima, let's start with you. That, that's a canon. We say we do the song because it's one of Canon's songs, you know. Time and then um Lady V, you know, we use the same rhythm, um, sweet meditation. That's a Lady V song, and we just, you know, we mix it. Actually, I use, I put a verse in it. I don't know if you people think it's my line or my lyrics, but it's from the last poet. Time ain't real, no how. Only the rhythm of the rising sun. I used to listen to the last poet like 50 years ago. The original last poet with David Nelson. That's, you know, I, 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 that, that line is from the last poet, um, Time. I mean, that's what they call the song. They have a song called Time, you know. I don't know if you, you know the last poet. The yeah. original last poet. Absolutely, yeah. Guess, guess, you know, David Nelson. As a matter of fact, I met David Nelson at my college, and he was surprised that I know some of the the last poet, I mean, I used to listen, like, again, my older brother, you know, he was like a revolutionary, he used to listen to all of them songs. But um, the first half is a is canon song, and then the second, we, we kind of mix them up with Sweet Meditation, that's Susan yeah. um, lyrics. <laughs> Not sorry, Lady V lyrics to the end. Tazaya look like, uh, Tazaya, you're, yeah, there you go. You look like you, you had something to say. Oh, saying yeah. So, so time was actually uh, the original from Canon. Um, it's a, a really deep song. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, it's 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 telling us, you know, time is short, and we the best out of it. Um, and even though the concept of time is man-made and it's not real, you look at every span of your life as that duration of time. My life is that timeline, not day to day and, and the man's definition of time. But it, it, ends, it ends for us on a very, very personal note for us because of canon. And if you, if you check out the Pono Ranch recording, when we did time, you, you'll see that feeling come out when we did that one. Um, for us, it's, 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 um, it's a personal song. How about Solitude? Oh geez. <laughs> That's his song. So Solitude was the first song I've ever written. And um that was a challenge that I, I accepted from my bandmates here has to write something. And it, it was from COVID, you know. I was I was um just feeling it, you know, just tired of being locked up and 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 hiding away from everybody else and life restricted so much because of, of, of COVID and the having this, to, to be six feet away and, and socially distant and all of that. So I put that song together. Um, good guidance from my bandmates and the tune that they put together with it, Susan and, 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 and Eric, them to put the, the rhythm together and it just came out sweet. You know, the only thing we got to work on is the drums. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a COVID recovery song as well. You know, we, we started out with it being um, a little bit depressing in the, in the way the tune goes. And then when you near the end of it, it picks up and then message changes to um, no more solitude. So yeah. finally reached the recovery point. And that's that's the hopefulness that we leave in the end of the song. Yeah. Well, COVID affected everyone so much. And, you know, I don't want to talk about it like it's in past tense because there are still people struggling with COVID. There are still... Yeah. We're still losing people every day from COVID. So yeah. it's, it's not like it's gone, gone. But right. in the heart of it, 
it affects everyone socially because we are social creatures. We're not, we're not mm-hmm. meant to just sit in our houses and, and, and yeah. just watch TV, which, you know, will drive you crazy if you do that yes. for long enough. Um, but as, as lovers of music and as players of music, it's like, it's like cutting your arms off to not be able to go out. Like, this is what we do. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know what I mean? And it's not even just going to concerts, but being able to get out among people and see people and play music. It, it affected us all so deeply. How did, how did you use that time? Were you able to oh. um, use it to record? Did you, did you take a, a break from each other for a little bit at first? How did COVID work for, for Lion of Judah Band? Well, the first year of COVID, um, I say the first half year, we struggled with having to stay apart and we started using the internet, trying to use like Zoom or, um, or WebEx. And, you know, it, the, the technology just wasn't compatible for doing anything live as a group. I mean, you had to go one at a time if you wanted to do anything productive. So um, we struggled with that. Um, but then we started doing our rehearsals anyway, after six months or so. And we distanced ourselves in my yard here because we had the stage built ready to go. Um, but then COVID hit, so we had to separate, put the big tent up and, you know, just, just space out a lot. Um, and that was, that was fine. But we also did recordings at the same time. Um, we go down to the studio and we take turns, um, be in a separate room with recording equipment, separate from the engineer and, and all that good stuff. So that was our, when we released the first album as we reformed the band. Um, and then after the second year of COVID, um, the second years wasn't, wasn't so bad. They, had, they actually sort of opened up some venues as long as you had your vaccination and you, had, and you were masked. And so we actually did some shows, although um, the turnout was rather poor. Um, it was really a struggle trying to, to, to bring in people. But we, we did it anyway, because at least it was, if it wasn't a big show or something like that, at least it was a rehearsal. We were, we were always making progress, no matter what. So um, that was the second year of COVID. And, and, you know, we did like 20 shows that year, you know, even with COVID. So um, but, we, plus, we, didn't stop. we didn't let it stop us. Plus we all got vaccinated too. Yes, every, yeah, everybody. Listen to the science, the scientists, and we all did get vaccination. Yeah. So, so we stayed. I mean, you know. Yeah. Some people don't want to, but we we all did. Well, most of us did. One or two guys didn't, but most of the band did. Uh, Josiah, I love what you said about still making progress, and that's that's another thing young artists need to understand is you have to make progress constantly, every day. Do something every day, even during a pandemic, you know, when you, okay, we can't do this. So what can we do? Um, it's, it's real important. Talk about that drive to make, to just to always make progress, no matter what you're doing. Well, um, for, for me, I, I think uh, personally, there's always something to learn um, every day, especially with a, a band of such diverse people and, and multi-talented, we all have a chance to learn and teach each other something. And and I think that's the best thing I get out of these guys, man. I'm no professional musician. Um, I learn a lot of it just by being around musicians. Um, although I do know how to read sheet music and all that good stuff, play the trumpet. Yeah, fine. But these guys, to me, are the true professionals. I learn from them every day. And I think just wanting to be in that sphere and pick up something from these guys, 
That that's what I get out of it every time. That's my still learning too. That's my drive. <laughs> yeah. I'm still learning too. Yeah, I'm still learning learning with you. yeah. Yeah. We're all still learning. That's I mean, you just you just keep learning as everything is something new. If you think you don't have any learning to do, I mean, now why mm-hmm. why do anything? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you what do you do? Why why do you play music to to do stuff you've already done? No, nah, you know, we're all here to do something, do something new and learn things. The other tune I want to talk about is in my neighborhood. That's that's um it's got a real different groove to it. So I'd like to talk about how you came up with that tune. Well, um <clears throat> Papa Hema said he had a, a new rhythm that he wanted us to learn because he always comes with new rhythms, new songs, and I'm always thinking, can I jump on that? <laughs> <laughs> Susan got together and they worked out the bass line. And um <clears throat> then the lyrics kind of came and then Papa Hima, he already had lyrics to that, which are excellent, that he gets the whole crowd involved. It's so much fun. So that's how we did that song. Yeah. Actually, I was hanging out with my kids and, you know, we always have beat, you know, beat it up. Like when you make a shot, them guys be like, you know? Yeah. Back in the days, we used to say, shot a gator, you know, uh, spin it up. That's when you're doing all the foreign stuff. But yeah, sound too like too dirty. Like beat it up, slap it up, and t- so I had to turn it into a, a dance. That's what, you know, yeah, and that's what it is. So it's really a dance, you know. Beat it up, slap it up, and turn them around. Touch your toe, yes, when they bend down. So it was sounding too vocative, kind of. Yeah. And I just turned it into a dance. So it's it's some more mellow. It, it's a dance, and um. People just like it also. It was like, yeah. I got my son, his name is Isaac Jacuzzi. He's a, a tropical trapper. So, you know, I'll, every time I go and visit, we talk about new stuff and, you know, and they'll be talking about dancing. So it's like, he always doing that too. Like, you know, he's spinning until his wrists get frozen. I think he said, spinning it until my wrist gets <laughs> frozen. So. Yeah, and I mean, people love the song, though. You know, it's yeah. part of the act that I go out in the crowd also when I'm performing it and invite people to come and dance to it. And it's in my, I mean, they got a killer name in my neighborhood, you know. So, B is a killer, I tell you. It's such a great title because it, it gives you, it gives you the vibe of what the tune's about, you know. It gives, right. it gives you that inclusive feeling, which is what, which is what the tune does. It gives you this, this party community vibe so it's a it's a great tune perfect title i think we have a video that we're working on for that coming sometimes all right see all that comes from canon again you know canon used to tell me but do what do you whatever you want go there and have some fun and i used to always get an extra cable you know my mic cable so i could go in the crowd i used to tell jokes but sonny again told me no he may gotta keep it conscious so I don't joke as much as I used to, <laughs> but we, you know, like when we waiting for a song to start or something, can you may talk to the crowd? I used to go there and dance and stuff. Like nobody wanted to dance, mm-hmm. you know. But so I started off, and then yeah. everybody stopped coming. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, makes, but, um, it, it it can make people feel comfortable, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, I mean, it's about having fun. That's the good the thing that you get from playing. It's not monetary reward. It's like people come up after and say, man, thanks for the music. I feel so good. I love the music. That's the best feeling. Yeah. When, when Hema gets out into the crowd, it's like they become a part of the band. They become a part of the music. And and it's just it's fun to watch, you know, because I'm I'm video. I see you. I see you be dancing too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going too. Yeah, know, but it's, it's fun great. though. As long as you're holding the camera steady, that's all right. Oh, we got a tripod. Yeah, tripod. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's about having fun, though, man. At the end of the day, we have fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're entertainers, and you know. My band, everything we do is conscious, right? It's it, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of militant consciousness in what we do, but at the end of the day, people don't come out for the message. And I hope the message gets to them, but they they come out to have a good time. And I I can't lose track of the fact that, regardless of everything else, at the end of the day, I'm an entertainer, and you're a band that understands that because you do you you talk serious things. You have the consciousness. But yeah, you're going to joke and you're going to have a good time and you have the understanding that you're there to make people feel good. You're there to make people dance. And you need both sides of that. And so I'm, I'm, I love watching your band. And someday I'll get the chance to see you in person, which is going to be great. But I love that you have so many videos out. So uh, shout out Superman Eric on that also. I love that you had a ton of videos that I could go and check out since I'm like 3,000 miles away from you. So uh, that, that's great. So. We're coming short on time here, and I always like to ask one or two tricky questions just to have a little bit of fun. And I'm only going to ask you one tonight, but I got a bunch of you to ask this, and I'm going to need an answer from all of you. So here's a question. Someone who doesn't know Lion of Judah Band, and they come to you and say, hey, give me one of your tunes that I can go and check out that you feel is a good representation of Lion of Judah Band. What tune would you pick? And we're going to go and we're going to start with Susan. Well, in my neighborhood. Yeah, I, I think that's. That's a really good one. I think people, you know, instantly like it. So. Yeah, my favorite still, I mean, I love all of them, but my favorite is Rastaman. I, I, I would go with uh, Cannabis. Ooh, he's a weed smoker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, that like it, it lights up the crowd. <laughs> Unintended. Unintended. <laughs> I would pick celebrate life. That's a beautiful yeah, that's a nice tune. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful tune also. Uh, I, got, I got like five choices. Um <laughs> I can't choose. I'll just go to the album. Some, always someone who wants to break the rules. There's right? always one. Yeah. Okay, I'll go, I'll go by the album name in my neighborhood. Uh, right on. Right that includes 10 songs. Yeah. <laughs> the great thing about this question is there really is no wrong answer. You know? <laughs> That's the best part about it. There's no wrong answer because anything's going to be great. So, so tell me then, um, we're, we're almost in May. I know you have a lot of shows on your schedule this year. Um, but beyond that, like, what does 2022 look like for Lion of Judah Band? What are your plans going forward from here? Well, um, we have a seasonal makeup to our, um, our approach to each year. Uh, we start out, um, 
doing shows in spring and summer and into the early fall. And then we stop for all of winter and concentrate on writing new music and recording all the new songs that we've come up with during the year. And we also rehearse, 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 rehearse. Um, by the time it gets back to March and April, we're, we're already booked up for the next spring and summer and, and hopefully starting to book for early fall. Um, we spend the winter time booking mostly for festivals because they have a really long lead time. Um, you got to be on it for, for in December and getting all of your submittals in. So during the winter time, it's all administrative studio work, rehearsal. Spring, summer, and fall is showtime. No rehearsals on the calendar. We should have every weekend booked. And unless there's a cancellation, a vacation time, you know, get your vacation time in early, let me know. And we book those off, take those off the calendar. But other than that, man, we, we are a year ahead in our planning all the time. That's, that's great. We, we did the same thing. You know, being in a cold area like the rest of the band is like I was. Like, I don't want to play shows in the cold. Like, I, I, I got so tired of trying to, like, first of all, you never know when it's going to snow and that just messes everything up. Even if you can make it to the gig, a lot of people don't come out because it's snowing. And man, I slipped and fell on ice enough times. I was just like, you know what? I'm done. So we do the same thing. Like, we don't, I don't know if we've ever played a show, but, you know, between like, uh, from December through February or something like this, there's some, some Bob Marley birthday festivals and stuff we played but other than that like no we do the same thing and it's great because like you said you have those times where okay this is the time we focus on shows but this is the time we focus on those other things i think it's great for a band to have a schedule uh, and you have your business in order you have your songs in order you have your stage and it's line of judah band is a great band and i would recommend your band to anyone to go and see uh, to me when i see your band i don't see any holes in your game I see that you have it covered on stage and off stage. Um, and that makes me really happy to see that because it, it makes me really happy to see bands that are doing well and making a lot of people happy like Lion of Judah band is. So um, I, I, I wish I could keep you on here longer um, and we'll have to do this again. I mean, next time you have a recording come out, uh, come back on here and, and talk to me about the new recording and all that stuff. But um, y'all are some beautiful people and I love that I got a chance to, to speak with with this many people of Lion of Judah band too. So thank you so much for being on here. But yeah, thanks for inviting us. Tell, thanks uh, for having be, us. Before you go, uh, tell everyone where they can check you out, some, some places you're going to be this summer, whatever you want to shout out about Lion of Judah band, please do. Okay, so we can check us out online at www.lionofjudahband.com. Also on Facebook, you find us on Reverb Nation as well, Instagram and Twitter. Just look up for Lion of the Band. Um, shows coming up. We'll be doing a few here in Seattle. Um, a couple of community shows. We're doing the Sounds of Africa uh, coming up for West Seattle. We're also doing the, um, uh, what's the thing called? Uh, Seattle Show Northwest Folklife. And we're also doing a Northwest World Reggae Festival in Oregon coming up uh, early in August. Other than that, we're doing some small uh, shows in town. Um, this Strawberry time. Festival in Marysville. Yeah, the Marysville Strawberry Festival. That's a huge one we're doing. That sounds well. delicious. Yeah, <laughs> invited to that. That's going to be nice. Um, just this Thursday coming up, we'll be at the old historic venue, the Blue Moon in the University of uh, Washington uh, District. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be nice. And we're going back up to the Conway Muse also. They reopened after COVID and um they're throwing shows out left and right. So we're going back up again. The winery. We're gonna be at the winery for two days. Yeah, we've got a, a two-day stint coming up in uh the end of August, end of July at Marrowstone Vineyards. Yeah, so that's gonna be in nice. August. It's August on that too. August, it? August. And also Finn River Cidery. That's also a nice place to go. We always go there every year. So that's forward to a full calendar but everybody check us out uh, on facebook you'll see our whole events listing there ready to go and uh yeah that's it so check out yeah. lion of judah band Taziah, papa hema uh, siobhan uh eric superman i don't want to i want to don't forget eric superman and susan thank you so much for being here on the talking reggae podcast and please do come back and talk again soon all right? i hope you all have a wonderful evening and take care of yourselves and and keep going all right Yes, sir. Stay blessed, bro. I love you. I'll take care. One love. Yes, sir. Bless up. I had a great time talking with Lion of Judah Band. Huge thanks to Teresa of Not Your Mother Teresa's Photography for linking me up with Taziah so that we could do that. If you're on the West Coast and looking for concert photography for your band, definitely look up Not Your Mother Teresa's Photography. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Talking Reggae Podcast. Stay tuned for a lot more guests in the future. Once again, I am Jay of Street Level Uprising. One love.